I think the first thing is we step back and what's the role of uh, marketing fully and comms within it. And it was great. Um, it's a great quote I like from Seth Godin, and he said, uh, you know, "Marketing is the generous act of solving, helping someone solve a problem their own." And so, I, for me, like the first rule of marketing and communications is, you are not the customer. Hello, and welcome to the Message Makeover Podcast, brought to you by the Latimer Group, the experts in persuasive communication. I'm Dean Brenner, and I'm joined today by my colleague Kendra Ragukas. Good evening, Kendra. Good evening, Dean. Happy Friday evening on a holiday weekend. We'll explain why it's a Friday evening for our listeners in a moment, but uh, what yeah. a great way to start the weekend, huh? Absolutely. No cocktails here. We're still working. Cocktails after. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Today, Kendra and I are joined by Phil Bonanno, a dear friend of mine for over 26 years and a trusted advisor for the Latimer Group. Phil is a gifted communicator, a retail sector savant, and has been an executive at Facebook since 2013. Phil and I first met in the fall of 94 as business school classmates and have remained close ever since. After graduation, life took Phil to the west coast of the United States and eventually down under to Melbourne, Australia, where he still lives today with his family. And right now is probably enjoying his morning coffee, which explains the, set, uh, the Friday evening uh, recording here for us. Two quick facts about Phil that are always relevant. He might be the only person I know who's a bigger Yankee fan than I am. And he also has the deepest knowledge of movie quotes of anyone I've ever met in my life. I know Phil's capable of doing this interview in movie quotes if necessary, but uh, we're hoping for the authentic Phil at least part of the way uh, as we go through this today. But uh, welcome Phil Bonanno to the Message Makeover. Oh, thank you, Dean. Thank you, Kendra. It's it's great to be here. And uh, sorry for delaying the uh, beginning of your Labor Day long weekend. Uh, yeah, been, I think, I think I've, I've been outside the U.S. long enough. I think I forgot it was Labor Day weekend. Apologies. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I, I guarantee you the vast majority of Americans don't even know what we're celebrating on Labor Day, so it's totally okay. Totally okay. But some some big milestones in your weekend, uh, uh, in your household this week. I won't out you if you want to be cryptic about it, but I know it's been a big week for you guys down there, for you and your family. So oh, know, it has been. It has been. Thank, thanks, Dino, and and you you and your family have been a big part of some of those celebrations. So we're really grateful for that. Um, but yeah, it's uh, you know, I, as uh, as I sort of say, you know, in this uh, sort of reality TV version of the Black Mirror we're living through right now, it's sometimes nice to have uh, some 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 positive things to celebrate. Milestone birthdays, twentieth um, wedding anniversary uh, with my dear wife as well. So awesome. um, yeah, it's great, 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 great to be able to celebrate. Well, well, let's get to it, Phil. You, we've got a lot to talk about with you today, and and there's really two parts to your professional, like at least two parts. Uh, you spent a lot of years in the retail research industry, and and most recently in the uh, in, in the social media world with Facebook. And we'd like to pick your brain in both of those areas of expertise. But but let's start with the retail part of your brain. And 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 as you well know, one of our mantras at the Latimer Group is that great communication skills can change the world. And, and obviously, when we get to the Facebook part of our conversation, I'm not sure there's been a, an innovation that's changed communication more than that. But, but going back to your life as a retail industry analyst, you always talk about connecting to the customer as the first and most important goal in business, which is something that we talk about a lot, too. And, and we'd love to just start by, by picking your brain a little bit there. And, and when it comes to connecting with a customer base or whatever your audience is, like what, what is... What does Phil Bonanno's Bible say when it comes to connecting with your with your customer base? 
Yeah, well, Dean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sort of tra travel in your territory of literature for a little bit, and I'm gonna okay. start with a, uh, a Charles Dickens quote from Oliver Twist, the character Balin. Uh, in this life, one thing counts: in the bank, large amounts. Um, and I think that's, you know, in terms of where retail is at right now, cash, cash is always been important and cash is king right now. Um, mm -hmm. Seriously though, I think there's ever been a more important time to have a direct uh, connection with your customer. Uh, and that, that in a physical retail world, that's obviously in store um, and the experience that people have and just the basic principles of retail execution in stocks and all that. I think what's happened in a, in a, you know, a really hard uh, switch over, or dare I say, pivot. Um, if you're playing buzzword bingo at home, uh, you know, when you make that really hard shift um, to to more of an e-commerce environment, I think the key is being able to have an addressable first-party data-led relationship with your customer. So I know who you are, I know what your preferences are, I know what you want, and then with that, that allows me to become better informed um, and and to serve you better. And that's, I think. The question is, you know, once you have that, what do you do with it? And I think that's that's where we spend a lot of our time today, sort of crossing both parts of my career, I guess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, Phil, to bring in your buzzword bingo and to talk about pivoting, you know, with the pandemic, many businesses are doing that pivot. You know, we've had to do it at the Latimer Group. They're especially doing it in retail what have you seen recently that has been the most impactful and important pivot? Yeah, I think, I think for, it's a great question, Kendra. I think the first thing is if we step back and what's the role of uh, marketing fully and comms within it. And it was great. Um, it's a great quote I like from Seth Godin. And he said, uh, you know, marketing is the generous act of solving, helping someone solve a problem, their own. And mm -hmm. so I, for me, mm -hmm. like the first rule of marketing and communications is you are not the customer. Um, and I, I think I think a lot of people kind of lost track of that um, mm -hmm. over the years. Things just get rusted and bolted on. It's like a boat you don't clean well at the end of a season, right, Dean? And those nice. everything just layers upon layers. And then one day you wake up and you go, geez, we got to sail really fast. And my boat ain't up for it. So you got to strip all of that away. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what this this time has been. And so mm -hmm. I think the first really big change or hard pivot, Kendra, has been cutting up bureaucracy, particularly in large scale enterprises. I mean, mm -hmm. you think about decisions that took years, you know, now taking weeks. And you know, I think if you look even you know, in the United States, uh, you know, the e-commerce as a percentage of retail sales, you know, um, in, the, in the last 10 years grew by about 11 percent um, uh, in terms of share of total retail in eight weeks from March to April, it grew another 11%. So it, it took Amazon 10 years to do in the US, COVID did in eight weeks. Wow. So that, that, sort of, that sort of shift, that sort of pivot um, uh, mandate is key. And I think you know, what I talk to a lot of people about is we've all been, we've all been stripped down in some way. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, my favorite Warren Buffett quotes is, you know, when the tide goes out, you can see he's been swimming naked. And, you know, there's just a lot of people that just, you know, core business you know, principles weren't in place and they weren't ready for it. Or they had just bolted on, as I said before, and they had to strip a lot of that back. And so I know it sounds a bit callous, if not hackneyed. I think those, you know, businesses, in this case, retailers who didn't let a good pandemic go to waste, um, took some really hard steps around how they want to recast their organization and even their go-to-market full stop. Some you know, were on the back foot and we saw how many 
um, businesses went into administration or Chapter 11, it's called U.S. Um, so it's you know, it's a, it's a really you know um, people who have the opportunity to take that you know to to take that opportunity you know did. Um, the question for me now is how much of that sort of leaner agile methodology sticks. That's more a buzzword right. bingo for you. Um, how much of that sticks versus how much do we revert back to our to our our right. sort sort of you know in, you know year years of behavior. Mm-hmm. This is really resonating because you know. We, we talk about the same kinds of things all the time in our world. We talk about it a little bit differently, but but at its essence, we're, we're, you know, you're talking about you know using data to really understand your audience and 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 you know not just by name or geography, but like really understand what they care about. And we we are talking all the time about the importance of of truly understanding. Your, your, your audience's hot points when it comes to really persuasive communication. Like, I don't see how you can do it. Otherwise, it's off the shelf, to use a retail term, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one size fits all, which just doesn't fly in this world, which I'm sure is gonna come up when we start talking about social media, like, because everybody can curate what they want. Mm-hmm. And if you can't provide it, they can easily go elsewhere. And 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 the same is true in communication, it's like, I don't think it's ever been more important to meet somebody where they are. It's probably been important for a really long time. This isn't new, but I think its importance is going up all the time. Does, does that sound right? Yeah, it does. And I'll give you I'll give you a really good example of that. And one of my one of my clients, they they've talked about this publicly, so I can. Um, it's the largest retailer in a small country called New Zealand, uh, and the business is called the Warehouse. And they're an amazing group of people. I love working with them. And during this time, they had been planning a shift to an agile organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and they actually did it in the middle of this pandemic. And many people may know that New Zealand took far more, I guess you call it draconian measures um, mm-hmm. to sort of break the back of, the, of, the, of, of COVID. Um, and when they came out of that, they went into this agile sprint. And at, you know, coming out of it, um, you know, they're, 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 they're a different company. And I think it's, um, it's it's a real testament to their leadership that they saw we need to change, mm-hmm. um, and 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 this and this gives us an opportunity. And people go, geez, you know, we're all just trying to like keep the lights on. What do you? It's like it's actually, it's 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 the best time. I I think my frustration is, you know, I think a lot of businesses and individuals didn't accept this as an opportunity to change. Um, and I and I know that on a personal level, a lot of emotional stuff you got to go through on this journey. But as a business, the opportunity to change, and I'm looking right at you, Dean, um, is uh, you know is is a really fascinating opportunity. I think companies coming out of this that are going to be in good stead are the ones that have um, have really seized upon the opportunity. Well, uh, yeah, and and we 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 won't shift the focus away from picking your brain, but but you, what you're saying is absolutely resonating for me and Kendra. Uh, you know, the second quarter of this business year for a lot of people was was pretty brutal and and you mentioned you know going through a little bit of grieving was totally natural totally necessary but like at some point you got to pull yourself out of that and look around and say you know what's next Mm. to quote a little Aaron Sorkin here and 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 Mm. uh uh, if the quicker you could put your grief aside the quicker you could begin that that transformation or or maybe not put it aside but manage it Mm-hmm. Uh, that's it. Is that, that resonating for you? We've been through a little bit of that, right? Yeah, just a little. Just a little. Just a little. Um, 
Yeah, I'll tell you another thing. But Gene, but Gene, just to just to pick up, you know, when you talk meeting meeting people where they are. I mean, I think yeah. that you know, I think it's so true. And and you know, what we what we think about, I think it's always been true in retail, and it's certainly true in our, in, in our business at Facebook is you know you know telling telling stories in the right way at the right time. So you know that sort of relevance uh, is key. And I've 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 sort of developed this like this Mount Rushmore of like of like communications and retail advisors in my head and and what you know the first sort of pillar of that is 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 sort of the 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 long and short storyteller people who can tell long and short stories and my my you know, and this is purely this is purely from a work standpoint not from a personal standpoint but sort of my my mount rushmore figure there is ernest hemingway um mm -hmm. because he he was a master of telling a short story but also you know obviously owned a long, long form narrative so you know that, that that sort of ability to say okay people are moving really really fast let me tell a short story here as opposed to people have you know that that you know system one and two brain sort of shifting on and off let me let me tell them a longer story now um yes. once that's really caught on the hook i love that i love that and and you know the other the other piece that you mentioned there in addition to just you know really focusing on knowing your customer uh, let's dig in a little bit into that whole digging you know peeling away of bureaucracy because you know the more layers you have between decision makers and the customer that we're talking about here that you're so desperate to get to know right the more layers you have between that customer and the people who actually make final decisions the more watered down the information the data the the the, the, the decision tree will be and boy what what probably in the long run a really good thing some of this you know some of this uh, uh you know what we've been all go all going through like we're a lot of companies are going to come out better on the other side yeah, sure. if they survived sure i think so and i also think that a lot you know, in i think a lot of um a lot of things have been exposed um you know the i, I think in retail specifically the soft underbelly um that sort of here was was customer service mm -hmm. uh you know mm -hmm. you know a lot of stores are closed a lot of retrenchments um, it's called staffs, um, in-store protocols where stores were back open and all that really put a pressure on the customer care, customer service organizations, a lot of retailers. And so we're starting to figure out, okay, how do we do that differently? Because like, let's be honest, for a lot of retailers, even in the best of circumstances, the customer service organizations were probably not that well equipped um, mm -hmm. to be as good as they could be and to represent the brand as well as they could. Now, in this, in this, in this really hard shift, they're totally exposed and just not ready. Um, so in, in, in broad terms. And so I think, I think there's been a lot of, a lot of soul searching, certainly amongst clients I deal with uh, in retail around how do we get better at this? Um, because it's, it's really, you know, if you, if you believe all the speak around customer lifetime value um, and you know, addressable first party audiences and all of that, it's, you've gotta be better if you want a continuous loop you've got to stay with people after sale you've got to be there and you've got to show up in a better way and i think that's just i just an area like i'm i think this this and again here, here's get get the bingo sheet out this whole idea of conversational commerce i think is one that we we look to certain parts of probably um northern asia a little bit of southeast asia it, it, they're, they're, they are years ahead of us in the us and in australia and many other places it's huge it's huge opportunity here Mm -hmm. Well, Dean, I don't know about you, but that also resonated with me because we talk often about 
not just with our partners leaving our clients right after the workshop and saying, okay, we've given you all of this information and we hope that you know how to use it now. See you later. We really try to stick around. We give them many other things that they can do after the workshop to help them implement those tools and to follow up and to be there to answer questions and to help them through that process. So I think that that is something that we feel and take in very personally with our position. And I think, you know, Phil, as you mentioned, companies are realizing it's something they can't just say, okay, we've gotten your sale and we'll leave you here. We really have to keep that touch point and make sure that you are using our product and that you're happy with it. 100%, 100% right. I think if you look, Kendra, like uh, uh, certainly on our platforms, I think industries that have really, I've, blossomed with that or ones that you might not have thought of um, going into it. Uh, one is um, uh, home fitness um, and, and and training regimes, which have absolutely yes. exploded. And how they, you know, whoever it is, whether it's, you know, sweat with a Kayla Itzins or whatever, whatever ones are big yes. um, up there. Oh, sweat's pretty big up there. Um, you know, these, these, you know what, what are those like, gently persistent updates uh, and reminders? I, mean, I think about it. It's like it's like the, the really good version of the Microsoft paperclip um, that yeah. used to just pop up and say, like like at absolutely the wrong time when you're like you're like frantically searching for that presentation for like you know what one of our business school classes and you're like piss off paperclip uh, and all of that. Like <laughs> how does that be useful, right? Like that's like that's kind of what you want. That little genie, a little pop up. Like hey, you know did you, did you try that workout? How'd you go? What was was it, you know, what was hard? All of that gently, persistently sort of staying in the conversation. I forgot exactly. about the paperclip. I hated the paperclip. <laughs> and he's so cute. He's so cute. He's really sweet, right? No, but he's like, the paper clip. Oh, he that was just one of many so 90s far. Microsoft clangers, for sure. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. You just said a phrase before that I wrote down, uh, conversational commerce. And I've, I've heard the term, but I haven't thought about it in a while. And, and, and that, you know, and, and Kendra's exactly right. Just for, for us, it's about increasing the learning, extending the learning experience for our for our clients, because nobody learns what they need to learn from one a one day workshop, no matter how good a workshop it is. Yes. But what we're also really doing is just creating a conversation and creating a relationship. And and you know that's the, that's that is clearly one of the common denominators to what we're talking about here. Let, let's let's go let's go a layer deeper, you know, and, and let's talk a little bit. I know that you know a lot about audience mapping and audience targeting and figuring out the right audience for a given brand or, or in re reverse that too. Like if, if you can give us a little vision inside your head about how you think about that, how you, how you match a brand with an audience. Is there a process you go through? Are there frameworks that you use? Clearly you advise people and organizations on this. You know, how does, yeah. how does, how does that work? Yeah, it's kind of, it's it's really interesting. There's there's a lot of study around this um, in marketing, marketing communications, marketing effectiveness, and um, I think what's probably happened over the last uh, 15 years or so, like when search came up and started really really big, and it's such a powerful tool to this day. What it gave people the ability to do was to micro target and be really pointy around um, you know driving you know just just driving conversion. Uh, which was awesome. And that meant that I didn't have to spend squillions of dollars on mass advertising campaigns because I'm just a, a small e-com business or whatever, maybe local cafe, doesn't matter. And so I think, I, think, I think that started to create a whole generation of people who thought they were marketers 
um, they were just good at using search tools. And it probably, I think what we've, I think what we've had, we spent the probably the last five or so years is unlearning some of that bad behavior. Because I think when it comes to granularity and targeting, you know, um, really small segments, on, my, my, my golden rule here is just because you can doesn't mean you should. And if you think, if you think more broadly to, you know, like real, really great work done out of London by like Les Benet and Peter Fields from um, DDB and, and looking at marketing effectiveness, they look at it in two ways, which is long-term brand building uh, and then short-term sales activation. And there's a chart that I think every, you know, every comm strategist and planner probably has tattooed on themselves somewhere um, of, of this sort of long-term mass audience reach brand building and resonance and, 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 you know, creating what, uh, you know, some people, you know, some people call like Aaron Bird Bass Institute, um, Byron Sharp would call you know, sort of mental availability. And that ultimately that that's the, that's the most you can hope for from marketing is that you, you, you are within someone's consideration set. There's saliency, uh, to you and to your brand. So that's just sort of, and I, and I think that's, you know, a lot of mass reach, whether it be television, um, BVOD, um, broadcast video on demand, um, uh, YouTube, us, others that can reach a large audience of people and tell stories in that sort of, you know, short story and long form, you know, both. That's great. And then that next layer is your short term sales activation, which is probably a little bit pointier, probably closer to point of sale. So if you're, you know, probably looking at, you know, proximity based marketing to uh, retail outlets, um, out of home, digital out of home, point of sale. Um, you know, I, it, it's kind of interesting being in the role I'm in now because for a very long time, and there is a lot of data to back this up, um, advertising actually has a very small impact on retail sales. Um, it's, you know, it, it, in, in, a, in, a, in a historical context, um, now with so much happening online um, and, that, and that shift happening, the equations changed a little bit. But historically, it was kind of like, Geez, if you look at if you look at you know sort of broad media mixed modeling studies, what you'll find is that you know um, a lot of those truisms around location and product availability and price were the key drivers, and they're not unimportant now. They still are, and I think location is going to matter greatly in the future. I think uh, we'll talk more about it in a little bit, maybe. But I think looking at the role that comms play overall, it may not drive a lot of sales. I think that's shifting drives a lot of profitability. And that's the key is mm -hmm. how do I use, how do I justify that long-term brand building of those beautiful Christmas ads that a John Lewis does with this mm -hmm. really focused and informed, hard hitting short-term sales activations. Um, and I've, I've got to have both. So that, that framework is sort of that, you know, constant up into the right brand building momentum. And there's little stair steps or jags um, that are those short-term sales execution that go along with it. So that's probably the framework I would use most. That's awesome. One other question on this, and then I want to start switching us to to the world of social media. But with with all the scientific advancements in how we market, how we communicate, how we connect with our customer, is there a risk of losing some authenticity? Does it start to feel formulaic, data driven, um, uh, artificial? Is that is that a real risk? I, it's so funny you say that because I, I and maybe you have to look at someone else's business to to, to see it instead of seeing it in your own. Um, but I where I where this hits me most is probably watching Netflix. And I, I can tell a show that was made with an algorithm, um, and it's 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 hitting all the right points of everything. I go, ooh, that's like that's like naughty murder. 
I like naughty murder. Like that got me there, you know, sort of like, you know, wow, that's like, you know, they're an interesting couple that works for all that. And you're like, wait a second. I'm so getting played here. I'm so getting played. And you're like, wow, these are just like the attributes in the last show I watched. Hey, what's going on? So there's a little, there's a, there's a little bit, I, I definitely feel that. So I, I think what's important is, uh, you know, I, I think I think what algorithms can do, what AI can do, is it's it's digital groupthink, and and I think you know groupthink in our in our lives has always been an issue. You know, I, I don't want to sit here for a second and say that it's all because of technology, because I tell you what, Hollywood's been doing this for a pretty long time. Hey, we're going to make a movie about the Hulk. We're going to make a movie about the Hulk too. So I mean, these things have always happened. It's just, it's sure. just, this is just digital group thing. So I, 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 I do, I do, but, but it's, it's not as obvious. And I think that's the, the piece that people get concerned or scared about is it's not obvious. It's, it's not, it's not visible to the naked eye. Um, and it's not something we have a lot of history with. Um, yeah, as you have to know what you're looking for to, to recognize it. Kind of, you got to think about a lot and be around all the time, which, you know, the business I'm in, we, we, we certainly are. So you kind of, you're like, I smell that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. All right. Let's pivot to the other part of your life now, the current part of your life. Since 2013, you, you've worked for Facebook, 1.7 billion users worldwide, 100 million, 90 million in the U.S., you know, give or take. And, and you know, from our seat, let's call it like it is, you know, Facebook has been in the news a lot lately. Uh, you know, I'm sure you're, you know, far more aware of that than I am. A uh, lot of pros, a lot of positives. I'm a Facebook user. You and I connect on there all the time. You know, brings families together, share pictures of your kids, or in my case, my garden. You know, the, the news about the, there's a there's a it's a wonderful platform for sharing of information. Uh, some some questions for a lot of people around privacy and and where it's headed. And you know, we're talking about connecting with people. We're talking about communication. You can't have that conversation in 2020 without talking about social media, and you can't talk about social media without talking about Facebook. So, so let's let's dig into this a little bit, and and you know, talk to us about. Let's start with just you know, what do you see as the pros and the cons of of these platforms and yours in particular? Yeah, I I, I think you touched on a lot of it, Dean. I think it's about it's about connection and it's about community. Um, but I, you know, I, if I step back, I think the I think I think the currency of the time right now is is vulnerability um, at an at an ind individual level, and I think that's a really really powerful um, uh, you know place to be. And yeah, you know, I'm sure you probably read or watched um, some of Brene Brown's talks, and I think she's just amazing. I think yeah. you know all all of us have we talked about it a little bit earlier, um, but I think for for us as a business, um, you know, we come into these conversations with. You know, really genuine humility. Um, people spend a lot of time with us. Um, they invest a lot in us. Um, and you know, for the, you know, we 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 wake up every day feeling like we've got to earn that. We've got to earn their trust, and we've got to earn their business um, and 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 their time. So I, it's fascinating what how differently it feels on the inside of this business than it, than it probably looks on the outside. Um, but having said that, I, you know, what you said before is spot on. You got to meet people where they are. And when it comes to talking about us, a lot of people are not in a great place. Um, so, you know, we, we do we do have to meet them there. And that starts with humility. That starts with you know, genuine concern for them. And, you know, really hard moments, like, like many, um, you know, uh, 
you know, the, the Black Lives Matter uh, movement that um, really arced up to George Floyd's murder, um, you know, was, I was really hard for, for, for me on a personal level. And I had to really, I had, it was a real gut check. And I, so I, I, had to, I had to confront some things myself that I was very proud of um, and that I wanted to change and for myself, but for my son and for society. And so that was a really hard time for a lot of people. And our business was really put into the fore in terms of how we handled content on platform uh, and, and so forth. So I think it's hardest for me on a personal level where I see us doing things and I understand why we do it. We're a very idealistic company and I don't think people always understand that. And that starts with Mark. It's really, I mean, you know, free speech, um, and uh, is it, a really, really big thing. And, and these are hard conversations. And geez, I'm not sure we knew what we were getting ourselves into with this. I mean, the, the enormity and the, the, the impact, the scale is beyond any legislation or regulators ability to get their head around, which is why you know, I think we, we've rightly pushed forward to have to, to, to build uh, an independent um, third party you know, uh, moderate, you know, moderation panel of really you know, well-researched, studied thinkers who do not necessarily like us and definitely don't, you know, don't, don't agree with each other. But that, you know, a lot of the decisions around how our platform gets used, uh, what's permissible speech, you know, what's, what truly is hate, things that at a country level, Supreme Court usually has to weigh in on and we're a private company. Mm -hmm. um, that shouldn't be. And I think Mark's been really clear that some of these things and the concerns that people have shouldn't be in the hands of a private company uh, alone. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot of work to do. But I, I, I do, you know, I, I am going by you know, the, the good stories. Um, and there have been a lot of great community groups over this time, you know, you know, helping elderly people who couldn't get their medication and connecting, mm -hmm. you know, connecting through Facebook groups, um, stuff like that. Small businesses. Um, you know, people, people getting laid off from jobs and starting a small business on the back of Instagram um, and all that. Beautiful. I love it. So there, there, are, there, are, there are so many great stories, but, you know. Um, well, Phil, I think you brought up a couple of really good points. And you're right. With the good, we do also get the bad. And in social media, you mentioned this idea of, you know, personal vulnerability. And we're constantly putting out our personal feelings all the time. We're just blasting them to the world. And with this transition of now having influencers using social media to market for big business and all of this space being so new, how do you balance vulnerability, humility, this idea of openness, with your professional life and the idea of privacy and sometimes you want to keep those things separate how do you find that balance and how do you pull those elements into your professional life by still keeping yeah. the element of professionalism okay it's an awesome question i i have to tell you probably one of the biggest changes in me as a person when i joined facebook um was there were no longer two fills um, mm -hmm. i think before i joined facebook there was there was you know business fill and, and personal fill uh, now there's just film. Uh, I, it, it's I'm, I'm what, what you see is what you get. And the way I act on with clients, the way I act in meetings, the way I act in, in our in our fantasy football drafts, the way you know the way you know, uh, it's it, it's not different. It's 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 pretty much the same. The, mm -hmm. the 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 flowery prose might might be a little bit different, but that, but the, the sentiment mm -hmm. certainly isn't. So I think for me that idea, and I again 
bingo card type. That idea of authentic self is something that we've, we, we preach as much internally as we do externally and being really comfortable um, to, and, and, and vulnerable uh, to, to be that way was a huge step in my personal development, I'd suggest. So mm -hmm. I think for me, that, that's, that's probably been, been the, the biggest um, learning and sort of adaptation to um, how I think about working in social media. And then when I'm done working, I'm on social media. Um, I think I, I think the thing I need to get better at, and and if my wife were in the room, she'd be nodding vigorously, is put my phone away. Yeah. Um, so uh, and I don't think I'm alone in that. But I, no. you know, I, a couple a couple of years ago, I, I I set out the year with a vision, and I did pretty well for probably about eight or nine months, uh, where I wanted to um, I wanted to give my family the gift of two thousand hours. Um, and what that was was three hours a night from 7 to 10 p.m. where I put my phone in a drawer um, and just a means to be totally present. So um, it's probably time to do some of that again. But th the world right now is so odd. One of the blessings that I have is I've got more time now with my family than I've ever had. And mm -hmm. that and, and that and, you know, I'm blessed on a number of levels to be able to 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 be philosophical like that and not have to worry about my job or not have to worry about, you know, touch wood or health or anything like that, sure. um, uh, you know, it, it is a blessing into itself. But to have this time with them is is remarkable. So uh, but I think I think you know, just being being authentic across, you know, bo both both sides of life has been has been probably yeah. the biggest the biggest one. There are not two fills. To quote the great philosopher George Costanza, <laughs> a fill divided against itself cannot stand. Right? It's a Seinfeld reference for those who aren't following along. At all. But anyway, sorry, I almost interrupted you to say that, and I figured you were going to work that in. Sorry. Well, I I love that idea of there's not two fills. I mean, we talk about authenticity in all of our workshops. Really, more importantly, probably and more prominently in our presence workshop, but how you become vulnerable and share yourself and still be in a professional setting. I just love this idea that there's not two fills. There should only be one you, and you shouldn't, you shouldn't have to feel like you have this balance. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's, and, 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 what, and once you, what, you know, when you're in an environment that, that fosters that and encourages that, once you cross over to that, it becomes so powerful. And, and I think, you know, back to your previous question, Dean, you know, I think one of the areas where, I think we've tried to be a real force for good um, is, you know, people particularly um, with, you know, questions around, you know, their, 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 their gender or their sexuality um, and, and so forth, you know, providing places and, and where, where they feel safe to express themselves uh, and who they are. And this has been a really transitional, sorry to use, it's no pun intended, but a really transitional few years yeah. uh, for people in trans communities um and you know lgbtqi uh yeah. communities it's been a huge a huge time of change and it's an area where i'm really proud of a lot of the work we've done um certainly locally um it's one of our highest priorities i think we've got a lot of work now to do with um indigenous uh populations um and, and black populations in a number of countries including here in australia um, and we're working on some things that i hopefully will be able to share with you in a few months time that are pretty exciting that's awesome. That's awesome. You know, and, and to me, you know, when people start talking, there's there's two things that you hear people talking about with social media when, when they're on a rant about the negatives. One of them is the privacy issue. But there's also, you know, I'm tired of listening to people talk about politics or whatever, whatever it, your hot button is. 
and and to me you know that the privacy one is is a big issue we, we can we can put that aside uh, I, I think there's privacy issues all over the place not just with social media but but with the other part about you know i don't want to listen to people rant about well you know what it's just like a cocktail party i don't have to if i don't want to mm -hmm. you know if i'm at a cocktail party with you or i'm in your backyard and you're talking about stuff that i'm not, not really interested in i can go over here and talk to somebody else Mm -hmm. and, and 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 you know are there people that rant on, on things on on social media that that i'm tired of hearing well yeah but that happens in my everyday life too and mm -hmm. you know i just i just kind of turn that tune that person out turn them off whatever they're not bad people i'm just not interested in talking about that and i'd well, rather and on talk the flip over side, here with these people totally and on the flip side of that like this is a, hey this is a group that's all about sous vide cooking which happens to be one of my passions at the moment that i picked up over uh over covid i want to yeah. talk about this i want to you know how you know how are you preparing that lamb shoulder um how long did you have it in the bath for what you know totally. what were your seasons like and, I, and I'll, I'll just go to China. You probably do it with gardening. Um, I do. You know, I do. Yeah, it's it's awesome. I mean, and you know, we tell these stories, right? Like, there's this uh, like one of the there's this great group. Um, I think it's it's started in London, but it's it's um, it's grown. And um, they, I think they're just called the Low Riders. And it sounds like it might be like uh, like a gang or a motorcycle gang or something like that. They're just people who own small dogs. Um, and you know, these, <laughs> and, and and the great thing about it is the ability for people to start considering different viewpoints starts with a point of commonality. And totally. you know, I, and I, I, on a personal level, and and not to not to get too deep into it, we 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 have we have a friend from business school whose name rhymes with itch, and he has very strong political views. And yes. we and, and he and I could not be more you know diametrically opposed in our political worldview. But the fact that he is a very good friend of mine, and that we have so much in common, and I respect the man and his intellect, is we can disagree with each other, but still come back to points of commonality that anchor our respect for each other. And I think yeah. that's when we're at our best. We're 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 doing that. I think with people you don't know, keyboard warrior syndrome, you know, writ large, absolutely. And that, that, it's, that's, it's, that's it's not problem. and it's not great. It's not great. I I, yeah. I don't love it, but I think you're spot on, Dean. You know, here we are. You know, plus fifty. You just kind of go, eh, you know, who cares? You you, yeah. you do you, buddy. No one on their deathbed says, you know what? I wish I did more of in my life. I wish I spent more time online arguing with people I don't know. Like, yeah, nobody says that. Yeah. Nobody says yeah. that. And yeah. one of my big things when I turned 50 was to do less of that. I used to do some of that and I don't do it anymore. Yeah. Gardening, by the way, I am part of an online gardening club locally here. And I've, <laughs> I've now figured out that I, I believe I'm the only male and I believe I'm the youngest person in the group by uh, at least 20 years. Oh. I love that. Awesome. There's a there's a movie script in that. There absolutely totally, is. Totally. <laughs> Diane Diane Keaton is definitely in this movie. I feel it. Exactly. I'm I'm, in, I'm playing myself. I'm in the movie. Absolutely. All right. Um, so listen, Phil. I've already, called, I've already called Sean Aston. He's interested. <laughs> oh my god. Oh boy, that's a shot. Okay. All right. So we have uh, we have five standard questions that we ask every guest on the Message Makeover podcast. Kendra and I are going to uh, alternate these here. And, and uh, here's the first one. Phil, who is your communications crush and why? This could be a historical figure, a teacher, a colleague, a family, whatever. Who, you can choose whoever you want. But when you think about just like that amazing communicator, I want to be more like her or him. Who do you think of? 
Yeah, I it's I I, I wrote down four. Um, I'm gonna give you I'll, one. I'll, I'll, I'm gonna give you one. But I'll, but I'll, but I'll, 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 I'll give you one. Uh, my number one is a woman named Carolyn Everson, um, who's our global head of sales, um, and she is the most authentic, powerful, you know, you know, powerfully humble speaker, and so on point. And she, the way she communicates um, to our organization and listens to our organization. Um, it's it's just astounding to me. Um, honorable mentions are Dave Chappelle, Ricky Gervais, and Robin Williams. Um, but uh, <laughs> but it's the listening, Carol. For Carolyn, it's the listening that gets you. It's the listening, and it's just she just boils it down. She doesn't waste her words. Yeah. It's just it's really to the point, and and it's from and it's just from knowing her well. It's just from the heart. You just certain people start talking, and you just stop and listen, and you just love it. There. Love mm -hmm. it. All right. Well, let's move on to our second question. Phil, what is your most cringeworthy communications moment? And because we tend to learn from those moments, what did you learn mm. from it? Mm. Uh, most cringeworthy communication moment would definitely be the White House press briefings. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> my own personal, my, 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 my own personal uh, one, this actually happened, late 90s and I was kind of thrown into facilitating a workshop in Mexico City wasn't prepared and I floundered I've always sort of uh, Dean can back me up on this I've always sort of prided myself uh, that I can you know go off the cuff pretty pretty well and pretty easily uh, mm -hmm. and all that and this was just one of those times I've been working on another project my head was not in this game and all of a sudden, you know, the ball got thrown to me and I absolutely fumbled it. And at the end of it, we, we were maniacal about um, uh, evaluations and post-course evaluations. And I'll never forget, I got horrible scores. And one of them, I got on a, on a scale of one to five, I got a one. And there's a question we asked, which said, um, question says, um, how could we improve this workshop? And the guy oh. just wrote, fire fill. <gasps> And I was, and, and I was just like, oh. that was a gut punch moment. And that, and that, that was one of those, just be present, be head in the game, buddy. And I, 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 it was, it wasn't a question of capability. I just wasn't present and I wasn't ready. And you know what? Fair play. Someone, someone or someone's company spends good money and they spend their time to be there. They should, they should get value for it. Could they have been a little bit more polite in their feedback? Maybe, but at the same time, if they were, I wouldn't be talking about it now. I can tell you that. So yeah, that was that. That was it. I've had one or two of those in my Latimer Group life as well, and they and they they resonate for sure. All right, third question. Uh, there's a phrase, and I think it's a Seth Godin phrase. He he calls it the sea of overwhelm. Uh, in, in other words, this really noisy world that we're living in. In in Phil Bonanno's opinion. How does one stay afloat in a sea of overwhelm? In other words, how does one be heard? And it's it, it's really not just about volume. Okay, beyond that, how does one get heard in a world with so much competition for mindshare? Mm -hmm. I think it starts with where how you spread your own attention. So, um, the, the 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 one of the many brilliant pieces of advice my father gave me uh, was you know, he said. You know, Philip, there are people in this life who like donuts and there are people in this life who like the whole. <laughs> and I said, I, and, and, and I said, I like donuts. He said, I know you do. You'll do fine. Uh, and, and the point of that is you focus on what matters. And 
Um, you know, you know, you, and, and I think when you, where you invest your attention comes back to you when you communicate. There's a great, there's a great documentary on the opera singer Pavarotti, um, which may, this might be the case for you, Dean, but for me, he was a soundtrack of my Sundays as a child. Um, and so I really love, I've only positive associations with him. And this film about his life is fascinating because one of the things he talks about is, you know, he talks about singing. You know, singing is my instrument. And he goes, thing is, though, it's different. Like when a piano's out of tune, you tune it. Um, you know, he's like, yeah, I can take care of my vocal cords, but singing comes through my body. And everything that I allow to come into my life and my world that affects how I feel will come out in my voice. So I have to be wow. really thoughtful about what I let into my life and my heart because it will come through in my voice when I sing. And I, 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 I sat there and listened and I just, it, it hit me. It was a total Kobayashi moment, um, usual suspects, Dean. Um, and it was this total, it was, it was this total, whoa. And I was like, that's actually true for all of us. Mm -hmm. Everything, everything we let into our lives and whether it's through social media or just, you know, interactions with people or what we read, what we watch, um, probably what we eat and drink, all of it will impact how we think and how we communicate. So the first thing you do is focus on the donut and not the whole. So what, you know, what do you, what do you actually have and what are you actually allowing yourself to be exposed to? Um, and then how does that play back? So uh, just before we go to our next question, letting you know that the that concept of the things you let into your body and your mind come out in your voice will be a blog post from the Latimer Group, and I will footnote you. Okay. That, that Phil bit, but I was getting the notes. Talk to my agent about that. Okay. Exactly. All right, that's awesome. Awesome, Kendra, back to you. Yes, and your Sunday childhood soundtrack sounds a lot nicer to listen to than mine. Mine was my loud Italian family arguing over Sunday dinner, so I am a little jealous. <laughs> oh, we had a lot of that too, don't worry. My, 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 my grandfather would just turn the Pavarotti up so he couldn't hear everyone arguing. <laughs> okay, well, our number four is actually a little bit of a game that we call thumbs up, thumbs down. So I'm yeah. going to give you three communication ideas or tools, and we want to know if you think it will grow or it will diminish or go away probably in the next two years, couple years. Mm. So the first one being video meetings, Zoom, WebEx, GoToMeeting, which you're, we're using now, Google. What yeah. do you think? Do you think it's going to stay around or not? Uh, it's, 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 it's sticking around. Uh, I think we've all... I, I tell you what, I mean, I, and I can speak for Dean on this, he and I have talked about this many times, you know, what I don't need is a plane taking me away from my family. Um, mm -hmm. You know, uh, like, I, I certainly not with any frequency. I love to travel, don't get me wrong, but for work and all that, I forget about planes, just commuting to the office. Um, yes. I mean, I reckon, I reckon we'll be down to two, maybe three days a week in the office after all this is done. Mm -hmm. I think it's fundamentally changed. And, 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 video, and video meetings are going to replace that. They're working really well. And we absolutely agree with you. <laughs> so okay. the next one being virtual reality in retail. I, I don't think we're there yet. Um, I think it's I think it's starting. Um, I think a long way. I think there's other things that are going to probably um, uh, there'll be, be stepping stones to it. I think some augmented reality is already happening. I think that'll continue to grow. Um, and the thing that's killing me right now, in a good way, I think it's it, it's 
humanity um uh is 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 live shopping um but live shopping on your mobile phones everything we used to do you know um qbc home shopping network and i can mm -hmm. uh, dean i can i can hear uh i can hear our dear friend brian's voice going yes what we need is more bronze swan candle holders um you know <laughs> uh so, so i think that those are the sorts of things that we see in the here and now i, I there's no doubt that it will come i just don't mm -hmm. think we're there yet Yep. Well, the last one being keyword search advertising. Um, as, I, I, as I said earlier, I think you know search is um, is, is an incredibly powerful um, tool. Uh, you know, I had a client tell me once. Um, so I'll quote him. Owen says, "Some goes look. You know, when it, when it comes to you know my advertising investments, he goes the last two things I would ever turn off would be Google and Facebook." He said, "You know, I'll turn off the lights before I do that." Um, because that's what, keep, that's what keeps the business running. Yep. There you go. All right. Fifth Great. and final question here. Uh, specifically speaking to a young professional or a, as we call it, a pre-professional, someone at the front end of their career, what is your best advice, communications advice, for somebody just starting out and looking at this landscape of this world we're living in now? How would you coach that person? Uh, well, I'll, I think this is probably a lot of the the, the, the great Mark Twain quote, right? Uh, you know, the two most important days in your life are the day you're born, the day you find out why. Um, and I think for young people, that's the journey they're on. And I've got an 18-year-old, and that's kind of the journey we're going on right now is trying to, you know, find his voice. And, and, and again, you know, who, who, is a, who is the person that, um, that has that voice? And I think once you, once you find that and that, that authentic person, um, you're so free. Um, I think young people for many, many years have felt they needed to conform into something. They needed to fit into something. And I think this generation doesn't feel that way. I think they yeah. feel like they've got it. They, they've got a right and a responsibility to themselves to find their voice and to be who they are and to be confident and powerful in that. And so I can, I can only encourage that enough. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. Phil, uh, you know, it's your Saturday morning and, and uh, you know, we know you, that your house is probably awake and it's coffee time. And, and we just figured this is probably the perfect place to wrap up. But we just want to thank you so much for your time on this on this. Uh, well, for us, holiday weekend. And, and as always, speaking personally here, time with you is always time well spent. And, and I, we get a lot of it thanks to things like social media and, and, and video. But. I'll, I'll take as I'll buy as much of that stock as I can, and, and spending time with you is always a joy. So thanks, uh, thanks. For uh, same, same, brother. Uh, same. And Kendra, thank you for your time and your great questions and conversation. And uh, I haven't spent a lot of time with you, but I look I look forward to you hopefully in the future. Um, and um, Dean, you're I'm so proud of how you and your and your team have have weathered this storm so far. Um, it just it, I'm. I get pretty, I get pretty emotional about it. Actually, I'm really proud of you. So thanks for having me on the show today. Um, it's been, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. And um, yeah, until next time, guys, all the best. Until to you. next time. This won't be yeah. the last time we have you, Phil. We'll have you back for sure. <laughs> thanks, awesome. Thanks. Thank you. So Kendra, that was what a great conversation with Phil. I, I, I don't know about you, but but I, I just love that. And some of the insights that came out of him were just so powerful. Absolutely. I don't get to talk to Phil all that often, so it was nice to get to know him even more and to hear a little bit about his about his insights that I hear from you so often. So yeah. it was good to have a be a part of the conversation. 
Yeah, no, that was great. So, so as we always do on the message makeover, we wrap up with just summarizing for our listeners what we thought the most salient points were. And, and Kendra, I'll kick it to you first. What really resonated for you? Thanks, Dean. I have about three things. The first one being one of the first things we talked about and this idea of stripping down or taking off the layers to be more agile. It obviously resonated with me because of what we're going through and what everybody's going through. But in our own little bubble here of the Latimer group, we have always been really agile. But I feel that this point in time has really showed us how agile we can be and that yep. you need to make those decisions on the fly and you need to trust the people you're working with, but communicate what you want. You know, you communicated out to us that we weren't we weren't going away, we were gonna make this work and you wanted us to be a part of it. And we flipped and pivoted for our buzzword bingo and we were able to make that change and that adjustment. And so I think communicating that out and being able to strip down is really important. Yep. One of the other things that uh, Phil mentioned was the idea of the short story versus long story and your ability to do both. And we have our framework, the storyboard method and we often talk about it as an accordion you may only have two minutes sometimes to talk about your message and your point and ask or make your recommendation and yep. there are other times where you have hours or you know a half an hour an hour two hours depending on what you have you can use the storyboard to tell that short story or that long story so that stood out to me as well and finally i know i've already said this when we were talking with phil but this idea of no longer two fills. That was kind yeah. of a mind shift for me. Yes. For me personally, I do have probably what people might call two Kendras. I have yeah. my personal Kendra and I have my work Kendra. And they're both authentic and they're both me, but they're both in different places. And so I think it's interesting to think of that as not only you know being yourself at work and at home, but being who you are all the time and pulling that through in presence. And so that really resonated for me. That's awesome. Those are great points. I'll, I'll add a few things here. Uh, a few things popped out for me. Number one, uh, the currency of our time is vulnerability. And yes. that speaks to me about authenticity and your point about, or Phil's point about there not being two of us and just being able to show your vulnerability and your humanity. Is it possible to overdo that? Of course it is, but, but people connect to other people's vulnerability. And if you never show anything, people are gonna have a harder time, you know, figuring out where to connect with you and how to connect with you. I love the currency uh, of vulnerability. And then, and then the other one that resonated for me is this whole notion, and he was talking about the Pavarotti uh, documentary, but the things that you let into your body or into your mind are going to come out in the way you communicate. They're going to come out in your voice. I absolutely love that. Yes. And, you know, communication and, and all of our colleagues would nod and they will nod when they listen to this. It's not just about, you know, my message and the data and whatever I'm going to use to back up my story. It's the, it's the person that you bring into the room. And if that person is conflicted, distracted, exhausted, or some other negative thing, that is going to come out. But the person that's of sound mind, sound body, comfortable in their own skin, comfortable in what in their preparation, you know, that is gonna have such a huge impact on the way you on the way you connect and the way you communicate. Uh, that that those were the two things that really jumped out for me. So absolutely. 
So, you know, Phil Bonanno, superstar guest, we will definitely have him back on the message makeover sometime in the future. So let's let's pause the conversation here for our listeners. And, and all I'll say in closing is for Kendra Ragukas and all of our colleagues at the Latimer Group and our podcast partners at Company Cubed, thanks to everybody for listening to the Message Makeover podcast. And we look forward to speaking to you again soon. The Message Makeover podcast is presented by the Latimer Group, the experts in persuasive communication, corporate training, and executive coaching delivered with impact. For more information on the Latimer Group and for more episodes of the Message Makeover podcast, look for us on iTunes, Google Play, and online at thelatimergroup.com.